what? I have to say, I every time that I come on here, I go to make this podcast and I have to listen to the intro before I start and I just get butterflies. Okay, I get extremely nervous. I mean, it's almost as if I don't even realize it's my own podcast. You know, I just get nervous. I feel like I'm a guest every time I come on. I'm like, (gasps) I'm sweating behind the camera over here. Camera, hello. Okay, there's no camera, people. It's just a microphone. Can you see I'm already just severely nervous? Would you please give me a break? Um, You know, maybe the nerves are coming, hitting me extra hard today because Ashley's not with me. I am wiping away tears currently. Um, But today we do have an amazing, amazing podcast. It is in our series, That Is Not My Job. And yes, this is a five-episode miniseries, and this is going to be episode three. This episode is on, it is not our job to do it all. It's our job to take the next step. Now... If you're like me, this is already resonating with you because I just have to say that I feel this way in so many different aspects of my life, in my eating, in my working out, in my walk with God, in my friendships. Um, It's just a major head game. And I don't even say that I'm someone who struggles with perfectionism. I do sometimes. Um, but I'm not like overall extremely perfectionistic person. I'm, I actually consider myself a very relaxed person. But this is when I kind of feel like I actually start to realize that I do struggle with needing to feel like I need to do it all. Like it's my job to do it all. And one of the examples that I have, just like briefly a 30-second example, is the concept of feeling like it's my job to fix myself, to get all my sin, all my my, uh, poop together before I come to the Lord and The feeling like it's my job to fix my sin before I come to God. Like sometimes I just am in a rut where like I'm convicted. I know that I'm sinning like and I'm like, well, I need to fix this. And I and so then I don't end up I don't end up reading my Bible. I don't end up praying. I don't end up seeking the Lord. I don't end up coming to his presence because I'm like, something needs to change. Like I know I have the sin problem and I know I need to fix it. I know I need, like it's my job to to get things under control before I come to him because I just feel anxiety. I feel guilt and I'm weighed under this expectation that I put on myself that it's my job to do all of this before I come to God. And this expectation that, that I put on myself, it just paralyzes me. Um, and like I said earlier, this expectation of needing to do it all, it's not, it's not just in our walk with the Lord, but I'm, I am going to be focusing that on that in this video. But like for another example, I feel like when I work out, I need to do it all or nothing. Like I just get in this place where I'm like, okay, I have a 30 minute workout 
If I only have five minutes, I'm not going to do it. I need to do everything. And if I have this layout workout that I found on Pinterest, then I have to do it exactly like they say it or nothing. Or if I'm doing a YouTube video and I get really tired and they're still going, I'm like, what am I even doing here? Like, I need to stop. Like, come on. I'm not a fitness guru. Are you kidding me? Um, Speaking of fitness guru, this is a side note, but I cannot, I'm not flexible to, for the life of me. Okay. I, I don't know if this was, if you had to do this in your gym class, but in our gym class, they make you high school gym class. Okay. I'm not in high school anymore, but I'm bringing this back up for old memory's sake. In my gym class, they make you stretch. They make you put your feet onto this little machine and put your arms out to measure your stretchiness and I I could not even get my finger to the podium and I just remember the look on my gym teacher's face like something went wrong okay (laughs) something went wrong with you and I was like listen I've been training for this moment with all my couch potatoes and my physical inactivity so please catch me a break I am winning in my Netflix marathons but maybe not the stretching fitness okay that was a completely different side tangent but listen we're going back to the thing it's not our job to do it all but honestly when I was (laughs) thinking about filming this podcast I got really overwhelmed because like I said I do struggle with this a lot and It's almost like the reason why I forget that it isn't my job to do everything is because I'm forgetting my job and my purpose in life. And this, honestly, like, I'm just about to say this sobering sentence. It's a sobering sentence, but it's also such a peaceful truth. And that is... That our purpose in life is only to glorify God. Now, I honestly feel like in my life, I have so many different side tangents, side um, goals. Like I just get distracted. Like I feel like my life is so much me chasing my tail or running in different directions that I forget that it's my only job in life to glorify God and to be in a relationship with him. My creator created me to be in a relationship with him, to know him and to glorify him for all the days of my life. When did Jesus ever tell us that it was our job to get ourselves and our lives perfect before coming before him? When did Jesus ever tell us that we had to hold our burdens and our big, heavy, butt loads of life on our backs to carry alone? I mean, I take this podcast episode so seriously because I constantly struggle with putting my own projections of the way my life is supposed to be above God's. God says that it's our purpose in life to glorify him. But I so constantly get in my own head. I so often place my thoughts above God's. I so often neglect time spending with him. I neglect learning about his character and I neglect 
truly living my life in a way that is honoring to him because I'm, I honestly am tickled by life's little pleasures that are absolutely meaningless and take away from time with him. And the more that I spend away from the word of God, the more time I spend away from resting and praying and being in his presence, the more loud and obnoxious the projections of my own mind and the projections of this world become. It's it's seriously like when I was when I was preparing for this podcast, I just was I was sobered by the fact that God's purpose for our life is as simple as glorifying him and resting in his presence and delighting in him. The way that I see the root issue of feeling like it's our job to do everything is the fact that wanting to do it all comes from a false expectation that we put upon ourselves. Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our In-Depth Bible Study Academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. It's a false expectation with a heavy weight and a heavy burden that we put on ourselves because we feel like we need to do, we need to do things in order to measure up. But honestly, I feel like something that I love about the Bible is that the stories that we hear in it of the people are so beyond relatable, it's crazy. I mean, like, granted, I've never been swallowed by a fish or chucked in a lion's den, but the stories of what people are going through and feeling and their relationship and walk with God are put there because God had a purpose in wanting us to hear and learn about them. And one of the Bible stories that I feel like was so blatantly obvious that it went along with this theme, I just couldn't ignore it was the story of Martha and Mary. And if you guys don't know the story, I'm just going to like read a little bit of a summary on it. Um, I'm just using a website called Bible Study Tools. Um, It's a pretty popular website. Um, But I wanted to just say what it is. It says, The Bible story of Mary and Martha comes from chapter 10 of the Gospel Luke. 
Mary and Martha, who are sisters, open their home to Jesus as he travels with his disciples. As Martha hurries to ensure the preparations, Mary simply sits at the feet of Jesus and listens to the wisdom of Christ. Martha then says to Jesus, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Jesus replies, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Okay, tell me why. As a kid, when I when I heard this story and read it, I was literally like, I was picking sides with Martha. I was like, really, Mary? Like, you're going to leave all the work to your sister? Like, she's out there busting her butt in the kitchen and you're you're down there sitting? Like, come on, girl. And could you imagine, like, the tension that Martha was feeling in the moments of Jesus being in her in her presence and, like, just feeling like everything needed to be done. She needed to do all these things, like this heavy weight and heavy burden that she had, and she had no one to shoulder it with her. Like, she was expecting Mary to be there to help help her, but no, Mary was with Jesus, so she's left all alone to her own devices. And then, you know, lo and behold, she's getting upset about things, and Jesus calls her out. Could you imagine, like, just... The awkward tension feeling like Jesus called you out. Like what I feel like is awkward in that situation is that to, to Martha, she was doing like she was convinced that she was doing what was best. She was convinced that the expectation that she had upon herself was the expectation that God had upon her. When the reality is, is that she created her own expectation, her home, her own high standard that she needed to meet in order to please God. And it was crushing her. And it was and the pressure that she was under was just crushing her in the situation that she ended up having a burst of crying out to Mary. And then Jesus responds to her and is like, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. And when I read that, I was like, wow, Jesus, you're right. You are so right. The expectations that we put upon ourselves and specifically the expectations of feeling like we need to do everything will make us filled with worry filled with anxiety, upsetness, and ultimately a dead end of feeling just beyond confused and frustrated. Like, Martha was just like, what the heck is going on? Like, I'm crumbling over here under under this weight to do things and have everything done. And she's beyond upset. And I'll say one thing, when I put myself under to-do list of everything that I have to do in order to come before God, or everything that I have to do to make things right, I am filled with worry. And it's, to, for me, like what it manifested, what it manifests into is just inaction. 
Like, I feel like this anxiety that I put on myself to do everything turns into like just paralyzing in action where I feel like I can't do anything. I feel like I can't come before God. I can't fix my problems. I'm stuck in a rut and there's no one to help me and there's no one to shoulder my burden because I have to do it. I have to get ready and I have to do things before God. But Jesus tells us in this passage, he's like, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. See the contrast between Martha in this section and Mary. Martha has focused on an expectation that she placed upon herself to be good and to do good and to do things for God in order for him to be pleased. Mary, on the other hand, simply comes to God. Mary simply goes to his presence. Mary simply seeks Jesus and comes to him to listen to him, to learn about his character and to truly sit and be in the presence and the glory of God. And the thing is, is that this story of Mary and Martha is a metaphor of how we can react to the presence of God and to Jesus in our own lives. Martha is preoccupied about the preparation that she needs to have before coming to God. She even pleads with God to help her get things done. Like Mary, like, come on, like have Mary help me. And Jesus responds with, Mary has chosen what is better and it won't be taken from her. This is Jesus saying that to Martha This is Jesus telling Martha and all of her expectation and all of her worry and all of her upsetness and all of her anxiety and all of her feelings like she needs to get everything done and do everything that it is actually better to give our full attention to God. It's better to give our full attention to God and be in his presence than to do and to try to focus on works. Being with God is what is going to provide us with our with the best opportunity to fully understand the wisdom and the the truth of what God wants in our lives. And the thing is is that this expectation that we put on ourselves is so binding, it's hard to let go of it. And I can almost imagine just the way Martha was feeling, just crushed when Jesus said that cuz Because in her head, she was doing, she thought she was doing something good. And that's the same thing with me when I'm feeling like I have a to-do list that I need to do. It's this, it's this weird sort of vortex of just feeling like you're actually pleasing God by trying to focus on doing and works. When the reality is, is that God is saying, my only expectation of you in life is to come to me, be in my presence, be in a relationship with me, and then live your life in a way that's glorifying to me. And and that's when we have to look to the Bible and to God's character and commit ourselves to daily learning about him and daily coming to him in his presence and saying, listen, God, I struggle with wanting to do everything 
And I'm coming to you right now with open hands saying, please help me. I remember the first time um, I got a Bible, the overwhelming feeling that I had at that as a Christian, it was my obligation and it was my duty to read everything in the Bible. And it was my, it was this anxiety and this expectation of myself that I needed to do. I needed to read everything in the Bible. Otherwise, I am disappointing God. And this feeling of like, I needed to do it. I needed to do it now. And I'm so far behind and all these things led me to paralyzing in action. And it led me to not even open my Bible because I literally was just filled with anxiety. Like I'm just feeling like every day that I didn't read my Bible, I was upsetting God. And it was this expectation that I had on myself that actually the things that I do had an effect on the way God viewed me. And and that is another part of this expectation that we put on ourselves is that when we don't reach an expectation that we have, that we imagine that God has for us, we feel like he loves us less and we feel like that we're missing the mark. And it leads us to this place of devastation and confusion and disappointment in our lives because we don't actually know the truth of God and we don't understand the all-encompassing and agape, true, deep, vast love of God that, that never changes no matter what we do, no matter what we don't do. God's love doesn't change whether we miss a day of our Bible reading or whether we never picked up our Bible at all. It was God's love for us was there when he was knitting us in our mother's womb. And then somehow in life, we took our eyes off of God and we took our eyes off of his purpose for our life and shifted it to the things of this world. And it's, and it's no surprise to me that the devil's been using our own expectations that we put on ourselves to lead us away from God. Because, hey, guess what? Christians struggle with, Christians really do struggle with being and resting in the presence of God. It's not just non-believers. It's all of us. I mean, <laughs> I, I would say that mo- if you asked most Christians they wouldn't know what the purpose of their life was and they wouldn't know what God says the purpose of our life is. And that's why it's so important to remember that God's only purpose for our lives is to be in a relationship with him and to glorify him by the way that we live. And when we focus on this expectation of we need to do things all the time, it's this weight that we put on ourselves and we forget that we have a God who wants to shoulder our burdens with us. The Bible tells us that that we should be yoked to him. And when we're yoked to God, he carries our burden. It makes it lighter. The Bible tells us that God's yoke is lighter. And it feels scary, the idea of opening your hands and giving up control of of your whole life that you've been striving at and striving to get get glory to God. But what it actually does is it opens you up to a world of freedom and it opens your mind to truly resting in the presence of God. 
and I'm and I'm just gonna say for me the way that I feel the most like I can do this is by closing my eyes and listening to a worship song and today I was listening to a song called Give Me Jesus by Bethel and I was journaling when I was listening to it and I journaled this this line that they have and they said give me the one my soul delights in give me the one in whom my hope is securely found and when I read that my heart just went at peace because suddenly it was like me just resting in the presence and the glory of God reminded me that my security is in Him. My security is found in God. And when I delight in God, my desires of my heart is going to change. And it's going to lead me to take the next steps of living a life that glorifies Him. My hope is securely found in the fact that Jesus died on the cross for me and my sins are gone. I've been redeemed already. That's the hope. That's the truth that I have here on earth, that there's nothing that I could do that would ever change that. There's nothing that I could ever not do that would change that truth either. My hope is secure. My hope is secure in Jesus and and there is nothing that I need to do in order to be in the presence of God. Jesus already came to make my relationship right with God and that's a fact and that's done and there's nothing that I could do to change that and that is hope. That is security. When, when I delight in the Lord and when we spend time with God, He is going to shape and transform and renew our hearts. We aren't going to be burdened by this worry of needing to do things. We aren't going to be upset that, we are, that we're suddenly missing the mark every time. It's going to be peace and it's going to be security because God is shouldering the burdens that we have in our everyday life. And most of all, God sent Jesus so that we wouldn't have a a cavernous divide between us. He sent Jesus so that we could have a relationship with him and we could have the spirit dwelling inside of us so that we can be in the presence of God every single moment of our lives. And suddenly this feeling like we need to do everything turns into a peace of knowing that God did everything for us. What it means is we can take the next step in just being in his presence, resting in his word, and asking him in prayer, what does it mean to really delight in you? And what does it mean to have all my hope in you? Please teach me, God, the deep security that I have right now in you because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. It's not my job to do everything. It's my job only to take the next step in prayer, asking Jesus to transform my life in a way that will glorify him for the rest of my life.
It's our job to simply rest in his presence. Here's the reality. The reality is that the minute that we take our eyes off the Lord, we begin to create our own expectations on ourselves of what it means to be living in this life. And the expectation that a lot of us put on ourselves is that somehow works matter and somehow our works determine God's love for us. And somehow it means we need to do everything because that's how we're going to find our security. And the reality is, is that that's just not the way it is. And can I get an amen and a hallelujah? Because if that was the way it is, we would all be drowning. We would be drowning in disappointment, anxiety, upsetness, and and just this feeling of wanting to just crumble and cry and be in disparity because security is not found there. Our security is in Christ and it has always been in Christ. And it's our time to just raise a hallelujah and a shout and praise of joy to the Lord because we can have our hope in him now and we can have freedom in this truth right now. Our security and our delight is found in him And it's our only job to take the next step in prayer, thanking God for all that he's done for us, thanking that he shoulders our burdens, thanking him that Jesus has paid it all for us, thanking him that it is by grace that we are with him. And he doesn't have an expectation other than for us to come delight ourselves in him and to be in his presence and seek a relationship with him and to want to live our the rest of our lives to glorify him. That's it. Jesus did all the work. God cast our sins out into the deepest sea. He sees us as redeemed. He doesn't look at us and think and put an expectation upon ourselves that we need to do something in order to please him. Our hope and our security is found in Jesus Christ because he did all the work on the cross for us already. We are his little lambs and he is our shepherd and he wants us to come back to him and rest in his truth and in his security and in his peace. I want you guys to just feel encouraged most of all in this podcast that you aren't alone if you've been stuck in a doing mentality and that God sees you in this moment of your life and he looks down on you with compassion and he looks down on you with open arms so that you can come to him and simply rest and be like Mary and just rest in his presence and choose what is right. And that is to have your security in him and to know that he just wants you to be in his presence. Okay, there's nothing that you could ever do that would change God's love for you. He just wants you to take the next step to come to him and to seek him and to to ask him what it means to live your life fully for Christ and to walk in his presence in every day of your life. Just seek to honor him. And you know what? This was a really, really good podcast for me, even just to say this um, because like I said, I struggle, I struggle a lot with taking my eyes off of Christ and thinking that somehow my works matter to him and somehow he looks at me differently on what I do and what I don't do. And so I just want to say that we're all in this together, you guys. Okay. 
I mean, this podcast, this, this podcast mini series could be a hundred episodes long because you know what? We create so many jobs for ourselves that are not our jobs. It's crazy. It's insane. But for now, I'm going to leave you guys off with that. I hope you were encouraged. I hope if you feel like this podcast touched you, you would share this with somebody. You would share this with a friend that you know is going through something similar. And also, I did want to say that I know um, during quarantine and just being at home a lot, um, it's been stressful on a lot of us. And I know that a lot of for a lot of people, our mental health has been suffering, too. Um, so if you guys don't have a routine of going to see a Christian counselor um, and you can't afford it, I would recommend that. I wouldn't be too shy um, about it. Um, also, I wanted to offer you guys this code um, to do an online Christian counseling center. We offered this in a podcast um, a while ago, and I haven't been putting it in here, but I do want to say that it, it's really not taboo to talk about mental health. And if you're struggling and you want a Christian counselor perspective, um, my mom uses an online Christian counseling called Faithful Counseling. And if you type into Google, get faithful.com slash coffee and Bible time, it will give you 10% off your first month of using them. And it is less expensive than traditional counseling of going inside of an office. And you can have our word that our mom has really liked it too, um, because she did it online. So anyways, this, this link is really only there to help you guys get money off your first month. We get a commission off of it, but they don't raise any prices. It really is just lowering the prices for you guys. And it's also um, just a way for the company to say thank you for referring you guys to us. But really, don't feel shy to get counseling, guys. It doesn't have to be online, but if this sounds like something you want to do, if you want to do online counseling and stay in the comfort of your home, then this would be a really great option. So, yes, the link is... Um, just getfaithful.com slash coffee and Bible time. Getfaithful.com slash coffee and Bible time. And that will be all for me. I hope you guys have an amazing day, an amazing week ahead of you. And I'm thinking and praying for you all. Love you. See you next week for our fourth episode in our mini series. That is not my job.